may have been there before, maybe you have not been there before, but we'll picture it for you, or at least try to bring the picture to life here in the fast lane. College days, maybe afterwards, if that's how you roll at the club or at the bar. And the songs start playing and the vibes are good. Perhaps it's Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Maybe it's John Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Maybe it's some good old hip-hop. Maybe it's something old school. And then the lights go down and the city starts playing. You realize you're ticking closer to 2.30 in the morning. And then you reach this epic point that makes you realize that everyone's found the person they're going to go home with. Or maybe they just left on their own. And all it is is you and one other person that is more a match of convenience. But... It's 3 a.m. and you're lonely and so are they. So you end up going home together. Doesn't it feel like that's the ACC right now? You know, the SEC, they had the first crack at it. Texas and Oklahoma. Great match for the SEC. Made sense geographically, business-wise, big brands, football passion. Checked a lot of boxes for each of them. Really, really good evening for both of those parties. Actually, everybody involved. Then, the Big Ten. It was a little quirky, adding Southern Cal and UCLA. You get it from a brand standpoint, but that makes no geographic sense. And kind of like the Big Ten, one of the two has a real football passion fan base. The other is, you know, a big brand, but doesn't seem to bring a whole lot in terms of actual good product consistently. We're talking about UCLA, of course. Kind of like the Big Ten last night. If you saw that Nebraska-Michigan game or Minnesota What are you talking game, about? Did you not see me on Twitter? I mean, I saw Trey Law VT rejoicing in the fact that Nebraska covered the seven, even though they ended up losing uh, late. That wasn't the part I was, I was, I was talking about. I said, and I quote, "I don't get how people can watch a Big Ten West game and say they'd rather watch the NFL." That is the peak of college football. I mean, it's, it, re- it really is a Big is. Ten West because every single Big Ten West team you basically could insert maybe this year outside of Northwestern. The game is basically going to look like that. They're, a rock fight to like the 20th degree. It is ugly, aesthetically unappealing. It is as painful to watch as anything. And for those that criticize Virginia basketball for being that way, here I come defending them again. Remember, Virginia basketball has actually had athletes and had a really good history of putting guys consistently into the NBA. Whereas a lot of these football programs will throw Wisconsin aside and maybe Minnesota under the P.J. Fleck era. And at times, Iowa, at least defensively, and tight ends as well, they've had deficiencies and really living up to what you would expect. And it is 100% correct, right? It is awful football to watch. But they're big brands and they're big names, so you've got some logic there. And so when the Big Ten added USC and UCLA, you know, it was a little awkward. It made sense. And then everyone knew that things were going to start to break apart and there was going to be more realignment to follow because it's just college sports and that's the way things end up going. So the Big Ten adds a couple more programs in Washington and Oregon, while the Big 12 is proactive enough to say, hey, you know what, I know Arizona and Arizona State, Utah and Colorado, they're not geographic fits, and heck, one of them used to be in the conference left, and now we're going to invite them back, but at least it makes some level of sense. Fans care about football, they may not be big brands, but there's some geographic ties, and while it's a global conference, or at least a a wide footprint conference, three time zones, um, by and large, there's again some thought process to this. And then there's the ACC, where, yes, 
They're in that dreaded spot, as Matchbox 20 would remind us. And they link up with Cal and Stanford and SMU. And it makes no sense geographically to anybody out there. It doesn't make sense from a real football passion fan base. And I know SMU used to be that way with the Pony Express, and that's the first thing my wife said when the news broke this morning, and she read it off to me from Twitter, or excuse me, whatever they're calling it now, X, which people still use over threads. I'll throw that out there. Hey, you got to get on threads. I've waited and still don't feel like I need to rush to get on that. Sometimes it's better to just wait it out. But back to the point at hand. SMU, that's what my wife knew them. Something from three decades ago in the 1980s. That's what the knowledge of that program is. Almost four decades ago, we might add. I mean, I get it that people making these decisions are so ancient, it feels like it was yesterday to them, but for a large portion of the people out there consuming the product, it feels like it was an eternity ago to them because they weren't even around or they were in their very young, barely formative years. And the ACC had Stanford and Cal. They're not big brands when it comes to actual television draws. They have no real interest in the Bay Area. Buddy of mine lives out there. And says all the time, back when the Raiders were here, it was the Raiders and the 49ers, the Warriors, the Giants. Nobody really cares about the A's or the San Jose Sharks, but Stanford and Cal don't resonate. They never sell out football games. Nobody pays attention. But the good old boutique ACC feels like those are the programs to add to keep them alive. And I get it. It raises the volume of schools in the conference, and it does make more schools be there where they would have to have more schools to vote to abolish the grant of rights and or the current structure. So it makes it harder on other conferences to get out. Now, I'll say this makes sense for the ACC in this one sense. You've got a really good idea if you're the ACC that Florida State, Clemson, and I would venture to say North Carolina and perhaps some others will leave whenever the first opportunity arises anyway. I mean, you think? (laughs) I mean, Clearly, Florida State and Clemson voted against this. And unlike North Carolina, who did as well, but issued the cursory statement of not agreeing with the decision, but trying to be the best member of the ACC, we haven't heard anything out of Florida State and Clemson. But then there are the others in the ACC. And the most comical part of this, of course, is the fact that Notre Dame advocated. Notre Dame gets a vote, but yet Notre Dame won't join the ACC in full. Because the ACC, again, they're not the ones that are really all that attractive. They don't have a real good sales pitch to anybody out there. They are the folks that are at the bar at 3 a.m. It's 3 a.m., they're lonely, and they just take home whoever is left. And I know it's not necessarily the most family-friendly analogy, but you know it's true if you've ever been in one of those settings where you can start to see how this is going to unfold. That's the ACC right now. And look, I grew up loving the ACC. I could understand expansion if it was schools that actually cared about sports and made geographic sense. Virginia Tech and Miami, I was 100% behind that theory. I can at least buy into some of the logic of Louisville, maybe Pittsburgh. And again, you've heard me advocate that I would have loved to earn them to add West Virginia, but the snubby ACC wouldn't take them because of academics. Never mind, Louisville's not really any different. We're not going to add West Virginia because of academics and the image of their particular fans. Never mind that they actually care about football. So am I off base, Trey? And actually being okay if the ACC crumbles at this point? Because it's not that I want the conference to go, but it doesn't look like anything that I noticed when it was nine teams now that it's 18. And at no real step along the way, outside of Virginia Tech and Miami, maybe Boston College and Pitt, or excuse me, maybe Pitt and Louisville, 
And I don't consider Notre Dame a real member because while they can vote, they won't join in football. They never will join in football. That at no point have they done anything which makes you go, oh, that's actually going to strengthen the conference as opposed to they're the desperate ones at 3 a.m. at the bar and they're just walking home with whoever is left every single time. And that's why I don't feel bad if the conference breaks apart. And at this point, whatever. It's kind of ridiculous and sad, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think this is a Band-Aid for like the next till like 2031 um, when these TV deals are up. Um, I think it's kind of cool that, you know, Stanford and Cal and I, I really am intrigued with SMU the most. I'm I'm so intrigued with SMU now getting a power five, like I guess power four level, because uh, if you've heard it, there is a reason why they are the most confident in saying oh, we don't need the TV revenue. It's because it's back, ladies and gentlemen, the Pony Express. It's back. And I'm telling you this. I think SMU could be on the, if if they get the money like they, they can. I mean, look at TC Like, they could be as good of a program as TCU. And I, I really am intrigued what SMU does. Because SMU will act like a, a big program in terms of their spending. And they have the money to do it. I'm not saying they'll comp- compete with Florida State. If they never got the death penalty, they'd probably be on the level of a Florida State, Clemson, and Miami, or at least close to it, because that's what they were in the 80s pre-death penalty. Um, but I'm really intrigued by SMU. I mean, I think for the Learfield Cup, or whatever you want to call it, the end of the year cup that recognizes the best program, it's going to be good for the ACC because they basically have two of the three most likely programs to win it every year, which is Stanford and Cal. Um, they're going to produce a lot of Olympians. So that's like, it's it's cool, necessarily. Um, you know, ACC legend Katie Ledecky, ACC legend Marshawn Lynch, Lynch, ACC legend... Deshaun Jackson! Deshaun Jackson, there we go. <laughs> ACC legend Aaron Rodgers. Um, I could keep going. ACC legend Eric Dickerson. Um, kind of like ACC legend Michael Vick. Uh, I, I think from that aspect, it's cool. Um, like... One thing I thought about today that, you know, I'm a college wrestling fan and Stanford's a really good wrestling program and the ACC is the probably the second best wrestling conference outside of the Big Ten and that's something really cool to throw Stanford in, in the mix here. So um, I, I think there are cool aspects to it, but overall it's a Band-Aid and, and I think eventually we're going to get the two AFC and NFC. Um, I think there are rumors that Tim Sands, if you want to look from the tech side, Wanted to carry favor with Stanford, Stanford and Cal to get it as an AAU school, which, in the big picture, if you think getting that AAU doctrine will help you get into the Big Ten, if let's say Virginia has to go to the Big Ten, and the only way to get Virginia into the Big Ten is you bring Virginia Tech with them, or they split. Getting that will help as well. So there are aspects to this that help Virginia Tech and Virginia, and and maybe the more academically focused schools outside of the three schools that didn't vote against them. Um, I I think there are multiple tentacles to this, but it's a temporary solution for probably a problem that is dead in the water anyways, but I think this saves the ACC five years. To me, it's like picking apart what remains at the going out of business sale at a place like Kmart or Hills, RIP to those fine business establishments of retail from back in the day. It's what it feels like. I mean, you're getting undesirable brands, and you're trying to spin it in this glorious, positive way, and it just seems, in the immortal words of our guys, Daryl Hall and John Oates, so out of touch. Weigh in with
with your thoughts. Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll get to those when we're back next week in the Fast Lane. We return Tuesday. No show Monday because of Labor Day, but a slew of college football games at so the I, CBS. So I get a day off? Trey, let me finish. Slew of college football games at the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg page. And as long as those graphics are up every single day to let you know what game is on each day. We've got games, by the way, thir- Excuse me, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. You will get time off, Trey. Can, can, I, can I preface the graphic for tomorrow and just say part of it is I, I want to give you full credit for it when they see it. I, I feel like we should just... Oh, that, you'll know what you'll know it because I it's, will also shamelessly share the graphic. It's it is when you see it for the games tomorrow, you'll know what it is. It's <laughs> all Ed's idea, and I just did it because Ed asked me, and I'm nice. As long as it's got the disclaimer at the bottom that I requested for it, um, you know, attributing credit. Oh, I didn't do that. Okay. I just I just don't don't worry. You 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 should have said I will be doing that soon. That way, when it shows tomorrow, it's already saved on my computer, but I'll figure it out. You're smart enough to do that, and you're smart enough as a listener to know that you should shop now at InsaneRadioDeals.com because now through Monday, September 12th, the end of week one of the regular season. Tuesday, September 12th. Excuse me. Whatever. Tuesday, (laughs) September 12th. The end of the beginning of the end of Monday, September 11th, whatever day it is, the end of week one of the regular season of the NFL. Our football is back sale ends at InsaneRadioDeals.com. So enter the promo code FOOTBALL football at checkout and you'll get a BOGO. Buy one, get one at InsaneRadioDeals.com. It is fire just like that. And it's fire like what's about to come out of our mouths and perhaps to your sports betting apps. Might be lighting your savings account on fire, of course, with our votes of confidence. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good. It makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. For a full round-by-round breakdown of Trey's projections for the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs, Trey, we will encourage our listeners to check them out on the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast. Or the Front Stretch YouTube page. You have got them right there. But for the sake of our votes of confidence, we'll start off with that. Then we'll go to the Southern 500 this weekend, Sunday night, plus the big college football games regionally, the big three, and any best bets that you might have before WSET's Dave Walls joins us around 525 today here in the Fast Lane. Who's in your final four for the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs? Oh, uh, I went chalk. I went uh, the top three, I feel like, are most people's in Byron, Truex, Hamlin. And then I also went with Kyle Larson as my fourth. And then I have uh, good old Denny Hamlin finally winning the championship. You've got Denny Hamlin. I'm going Truex and Byron as well because they've been the most consistent cars throughout the year. I think you have to lose one before you win one. As hot as Chris Buescher has been recently, and as good as he is at select tracks, that's one of those where it seems a little too trendy for me. So the third one that I'm going to go with, Trey, is Denny Hamlin. I think he gets there. And then the fourth one, got to have a roll of the dice version on this. I'll go Brad Keselowski. The organization with which he's run has been right up there with Chris Buescher, but Brad Keselowski has kind of floated under the radar. They're both same 18 to 1 odds at your various sports books. For this weekend, Southern 500, Trey, is it entertaining or is it a bleep whipping put on by the guy who was the favorite and has done that before, Martin Truex Jr.? Oh, I'm not taking Truex to win. I'm taking the guy who should have won this race the last time they were in Darlington but got wrecked, good old Kyle Larson. 
gets it done. Kyle Larson, your pick this weekend at Darlington. Yeah, and uh, I, I would like Bubba as a top five. He finished top five here, had a fast car, qualified second. I think he's going to do well the next two weeks to set him up to get into the next round. So top fives, top tens for Bubba is, what I, is another play I'm looking at. I can't do my own Ty Gibbs sweep the weekend because he's not in the Xfinity series. So I can do Kyle Larson to sweep the weekend. <laughs> you, you very much could. And I will go with Kyle Larson to get the winning cup. He loves running the high side of the track. And you know, a lot of times when he's failed, it's because of issues outside of his own control. Now to the big games, Trey. This coming weekend, I, I know this is going to take a lot of thought for you. So just please hold your horses for a moment. But Virginia at Tennessee. 28-point underdog, Trey. Uh, I'm going to throw this in there because I'm already going to take this as well. <laughs> 16 and a half as the first half spread. Tennessee in the over. I'm going Tennessee over Easy. and Tennessee to cover in the first half. I don't think this game is at all competitive. This is a reality check of reality checks. And they're both playing football, but they ain't playing the same kind of football. Like I've said multiple times this week, just throw this game out if oh. you are a UVA fan. <laughs> Guess what, Just, Trey? Hold up. I got to pause for a second. The line has come down from 28 to 27. Okay. <laughs> Again, even better. Even better. <laughs> but too bad we can't, you know, actually put money on it in this state. But uh, if you're a UVA fan, you're facing a top 10 team in the country who could, I'm not saying they will, could win the SEC. I'm, that's if Joe Milton is, is the superstar ex-talent that people see of him. Just throw this game out because I, I don't think there are many teams in this country that could keep up with that Tennessee offense or has a defense to stop it. 55 and a half is the over-under. I'm with you on that, Trey. I think Tennessee might even cover that 50, by themselves. It could be. I, I was like 56-14 is kind of what I'm feeling. 56-14. to 14. So that's the over and the cover. It is. The game I'll be attending tomorrow. Also a noon kickoff. Means I get to have a life with the family. Bowling Green at Liberty, 50 is the over-under, 9.5 is the point spread. It's too many points for too much unknown. 100% agree with that. So I'm taking Bowling Green and I'm taking the under. I think Liberty wins because the game's at home, but I, I have a, I'm feeling like this is leaning more towards a rock fight than a shootout, like a 17-10, a 24-13. You know, I think ball control is going to be big in this one. Um, you know, the new clock rule is going to be very effective for both teams in this one. So give me the under is what I'm most confident in. And I'll, I will lean Bowling Green and the points. I'm with you. I'm on the under. I think this is definitely a ball control game. We know Liberty staff, uh, likes to run the ball. We know they're very well coached, uh, led by Jamie Caldwell. Jamie, uh, Caldwell coming from, um, um, from Carolina. <laughs> Carolina. We <laughs> we don't even know which one. Is it East Carolina? Is it Western Carolina? <laughs> North Carolina? South Carolina? He, Coastal Carolina? You could just say he needs to call all the way to the Carolinas to figure <laughs> out where he works. Uh, clearly the research was not done very well by uh, Bowling Green's very own Scott Leffler. Something that doesn't seem to surprise many in your neck of the woods, Trey, as a Virginia Tech alum. Uh, I'm with you, though. I'm very confident in the under. And just the nature of that means it, it's the not, I don't. I would not play the 9.5. Because I could easily see this like a 27-17 game. The under would be the recommendation if you're looking for a way to go just by virtue, even if it's Caden Salter at quarterback as well. Also, Virginia Tech against Old Dominion. A game we will have, 6 o'clock airtime, 15 and a half is the point spread an over-under of 48. Trey. <sighs> Too much unknown again. 
I really don't think ODU is going to be that good this year. But too much unknown, too many points. So I think Tech wins. I think this is going to be like the game, you know, the last time it was a rematch in Blacksburg after ODU beat Tech in Norfolk where Tech kind of controlled it, but the score was close. Um, so I, I think Tech wins. I think they control the game, but I don't think they cover. I don't trust their offense enough yet. I need to see it, and I lean the under in this one. I think Tech's defense is going to be really good this year. I just do not trust this offense. I'm opposite of you on that one, Trey. I think Virginia Tech wins. Old Dominion's terrible. Virginia Tech's O-line, as many question marks as there are, I don't think Old Dominion's equipped with a smaller defensive line to exploit it. And if they get time, there are enough weapons where even with short passes and a running game, Virginia Tech has a lot of players that can make plays after the catch or with run given in space. The one I'm less certain on is the over-under of 48 because I could see this you know, being about a 37-10 type game. But I could also see a scenario where Virginia Tech puts up some extra points in other areas, and it pushes it over. I just, it's weird to say, I just don't have the confidence in this team to put 30 points up yet. I need to see that. And I feel like in order to cover this spread, you have to put up 30 points, minimum. One other game of note, Colorado TCU. That's the game we will have at 11.30 a.m. TCU's a 20.5-point favorite, 63.5. Trey, I know this is as public as it gets, as square as it gets, as they would say, but I'm going with TCU to cover, and I go with Whoa! the over. Whoa! You're going against your guy! You know, Trey, here's the thing. Ed! Everyone, he, can I explain myself? Sure. Everybody wants a piece of Coach Prime. Everyone's talked about Colorado. This is the one spot where a the, the defending national runner-up can play the we are disrespected card because no one's talking about TCU. People don't even think they're going to get back to the playoff. For the record, I don't either. But... TCU gets to play that card in a game where they're almost a three-touchdown favorite. They are, minus an extra point. And 63-and-a-half. Colorado is going to have some good starters, but there is no depth on this roster to speak of. That, I think, will rear its head over the course of the season. That's why I went under three-and-a-half on the win total. But even in this game, this is one where... There are times where you may get up big and you may call off the dogs. Perhaps even a spot like Virginia Tech. Why I think the under could be in play. Maybe they're up 37-10 to 10 against Old Dominion. Pry and Ronnie from Tech and Old Dominion are good friends. Pry wouldn't run it up. Oh, I think Gary Patterson, excuse me, I think uh, not Gary Patterson. Sonny Dykes would easily run it up on Deion Sanders. I think they got the offense to do it. I, I love TCU and Colorado on the over. So, uh, in the words of CBS Sports' Tom Fernelli on the Cover 3 podcast, this game will go like this. Travis Hunter will make an amazing play, and TCU will win by four touchdowns. Indeed. Travis Hunter will make an amazing interception that will then— Or touchdown oh, catch. He I, plays I, both I, sides. I was going to say, here's what's going to happen. Kermani McLean will make an amazing interception, the studded freshman, number one cornerback. Then Shador Sanders will have an evasive snap from center or the shotgun where he'll evade a couple of rushers because the offensive line is terrible, make an amazing throw down the field, which results in an amazing touchdown catch— from Travis Hunter in the end zone. And that will be the only score and only real highlights of the game for Colorado and TCU will win this thing 50 to 7, something along those lines, or 50 to 14, so that we can get over the 63 and a half point total. That's really where this game is going. Trey, we got about a minute. Best bets that you have remaining. Ooh, uh, you One know or what? Two. Two of your most confident. Uh, Florida State, money line, and I'm doing it. College football is truly back. Because the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors are hosting the Stanford Cardinal. And to say welcome to the ACC, they lose in the most ACC way, going to a group of five school on the road and losing. So Hawaii beats Stanford tonight. 
You know, I love that theory, Trey, and that's a game you can catch after our broadcast of JF Football presented by TrostLaw.com. 6.30 East Coast Wings and Grill Tailgate Show from Monita. We'll look ahead to that and other games next with WSET's Dave Walls here in the Fastlane.